I just wanted to, to, to buy a magazine, in fact, uh, uh, from Health, something like that. And I, see, I saw three big magazines only talking about religion, about how uh, Muslim people are uh, very dangerous. And I was just like, oh, I feel so shocked. Welcome to Baladance Live podcast with weekly portion of stories, tips and dance inspiration. My name is Jana Komarnitska, I'm your host and I invite you to explore all nuances of Baladance Live together with me and our amazing guests. Let's start! Debuting in 2019, Jelena's beauty experience is a new program for intermediate to advanced dancers who are looking for a challenging training experience as well as opportunity to perform in a theatrical BD production. Dancers can apply online and if they are chosen for one of the casts, they will receive four to six weeks of online training four days of rehearsals with Jelena and her team, as well as performance spot in video production The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Visit BaladanceEvolution.com for more details about this exciting program. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Baladance Life podcast. You're listening to the episode number 89. Thank you, thank you, thank you for keep sending reviews for our podcast. And today's week featured review comes from Saida Dancers in DC from United States who wrote a wonderful resource. I love this podcast. Yana's thoughtful interviews with a wide variety of ballet dancers, musicians and producers are unlike any other ballet dance resource out there. I have learned so much from her and her guests. She has broadened my experience and keeps me inspired. Thank you. Thank you so much for leaving us a review. Uh, that really helps and really encourages uh, me because I know that you actually engaged <laughs> listening to these uh, um, episodes. And I also noted that some of you are leaving the comments on the webpage, youngdance.com uh, slash podcast, under episodes that you listening and sharing your thoughts. That's so great. Thank you so much, too. And if you don't use any specific app to listen to the podcast that's a good option for you too just to go to the web page and uh, leave uh, and share your thoughts and takeaways from whichever episodes you are listening to thank you so much for your reviews and if you want to be a featured reviewer for the next week uh, just take a few minutes and leave a review and i will feature it in the future episodes and today we have a very special treat. We have amazing interview, amazing guest, Rai Saleh. And you probably know about her due to her amazing activities in terms of popularizing and showcasing Moroccan traditional dances, uh, her own activities, as well as her amazing group, Kif Kif Bledi, that now becomes more and more known in Baladin's community too and helps us to discover more about uh, Morocco and its traditions. But uh, Raisa has actually very interesting story how she started not from traditional dances, but she started her dance journey with trading in modern jazz, hip-hop and underground uh, 
world dances such as locking, popping, uh, as well as uh, walking, uh, whacking, and all other dance styles in this uh, genre. And she actually started bringing little elements from Berber and Moroccan traditions into those styles since uh, she originally is from Morocco and she was trying to find and just experiment with um, something unusual, something fusion, and uh, bringing a little bit of her personality into those uh, popular street styles. But it resulted into a deep dive and reconnection to the roots and deep dive into traditional dances of Morocco that she now is very active in trying to popularize and spread awareness about, but also it resulted in a very engaging activism activities as well as spreading social awareness and trying to give back to the community and uh, her activities really deserve uh, admiration and I hope uh, in the future those kind of artists as Rai Soleil helps other dancers to be more conscious about uh, their activities and what they are doing and how they can still really have full range of creative freedom but at the same time be respectful and uh, thankful to traditions and to actual community for whom those traditions are part of their life. So enjoy this uh, great conversation, this amazing interview, and let me know uh, your thoughts afterwards. Um, but uh, before we dive right into, into it, just a quick reminder that the 2019 Ballad and Bundle sale ends tomorrow, October 23rd at 12 p.m. Pacific time. The bundle brings together so many different resources that appeal to dancers from beginners to advanced. No matter your level or the amount of time you have to dedicate to your dance at home, you'll find several courses that work for you. Want to binge watch your classes on the weekends? No problem. Want to dedicate 15 minutes a day to your personal practice? You can do that too. However, your dance practice fits in your life. The bundle is here to help support you with the resources to ensure that you are never wondering what to do next. But only until tomorrow, October 23rd. The only reason that the folks of the bundle can offer $1,200 worth of courses for only $174 is because it's a limited time sale and this batch of products will never be available for this price again. So if you're interested, make sure to check thebaladancebundle.com before you have to wait till next year. Hello, dear Raisa Lay. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited today to talk about all your uh, dance activities and dance journey. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really, really happy today to talk with you and uh, share all of this with all of us. Mm. Uh, today you inspire a lot of dancers to dig uh, deeper into the culture of North African dances and even some uh, fusion, unusual fusion um, experiments, dance experiments. But let's start from the very beginning. 
how did dance enter your life and how did dance enter your life in professional way? Because I kind of feel it will be two different things for you, two different stages for you. <laughs> exactly. In fact, uh, dance always have been in my life because I'm uh, originally from Morocco, but uh, born in Paris, like a lot of kids of migrants in France. Uh, the parents came in France to find some work and jobs because they didn't have much money in Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia. So they came massively in Paris uh, during the 60s, 70s. So we are used during the holidays, the summer, to go one month, one month and a half in all countries. So for me, it was in Oujda, in the uh, uh, east of Morocco. And each year, you can be sure there is at least three weddings a uh, lot of parties, family parties with uh, women, with uh, mixed men and women. So uh, I can remember some, I have some memories at four years old, something like that. I was, I was dancing with my uh, aunts, with my grandmother. So I think um, really I started to to dance very early, like a lot of people who have uh, this culture. But after uh, my mother said at six or seven old years, I saw a ballet little girl on TV in Paris. And I said, I want to do that. And so she said, okay, let's see what we can do if you want to, to have some dance classes like every little girl. So she registered uh, me uh, at the nearest place near the, 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 the home, the house. That was the conservatoire conservatoire with ballet, modern jazz classes at seven uh, years old. So I was so happy uh, once or twice a week I was used to, to go there in this beautiful place. And I had a lot of luck because in France, when you are coming from uh, like, um, I won't say poor, but uh, uh, families with low budgets, the city helped you to have free classes. So I had the, the best teacher, modern jazz teacher in Paris, uh, like for free with the grants. Let's say it was a grant for me. So I had a chance to 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 dance uh, with the best uh, teacher, and every year have some professional, uh, uh, like at six at six years old. But it was for me a professional uh, show in a real uh, stage uh, every year from uh, seven years old to eighteen. After I moved for my studies in South of, of France, and I was like every day dancing hip hop, hip hop dances, like uh, street dance, underground. And then I started uh, to, to like a lot of funk styles, like uh, locking. So it's a funk style, popping. And uh, I practiced also break dance, but I was so bad because I'm flexible. And uh, all these dances, and I discovered walking. Walking into and voguing in 2003-2004. So these dances are originally from a gay uh, community. Uh, walking is from Los Angeles and funk music disco, and voguing is from New York. So I discovered this dance, but very very uh, few information because it's from the 70s. So when I started to come back in Paris, I traveled to New York and Japan, uh, where these dances are very very. Um, um, used uh, to be practiced for years. So I had great teachers. And after when I came back in France, it became to, in Europe, it became to be very like uh, the dance to do, the dance to practice. So I entered a lot of battles, of competitions. And then naturally, I started to mix 
this kind of dances like hip hop, walking, voguing, with uh, let's say sometimes belly dance, but more North African dances. And after this, after the like I'm American uh, influenced, I really wanted to go back to my roots. So in 2009, I started really to focus on Berber dances, North African dances, and this is like 10 years ago when I I I think I started to say, okay, I'm professional on this kind of dances because I was asked to give some workshops, some shows, and uh, that was like uh, really something new for me because uh, these dances were not really known as walking voguing as Berber dances. And especially when I fusioned the two, yeah. it's like unique. So I really uh, focused my work on creativity and unique uh, shows and workshops and things like this. Mm. What was the reaction of... Uh, um... Let's say, uh, I guess, street dances public of like uh, locking, uh, walking, etc. Like that crowd, and they saw you putting elements of North African dance. What was their reaction? They were very happy, and uh, they really appreciated it because it was like an evolution of this kind of dances. But also, they knew I'm like real because I, I, I didn't like pick up. You know, like I'm going to take two classes and after I'm going to pick up. Uh, no, I, I was in the community. I created an association in Paris in 2010 about working, working. I organized a lot of events. I uh, organized workshops with a lot of people and uh, battles in Paris. I'm still uh, like an activist. So they know it's very important in, in the underground uh, uh, culture to be a real one, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they knew I, I was a real one involved in walking, for example. Um, and uh, they really appreciated it because it was like something uh, putting the community over. And um, they knew that belly dancers didn't know walking and some of them discovered it through my work. So it was very good, and uh, I never heard somebody, maybe off, <laughs> I don't know, who uh, criticized this work or something like that. Mm. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned that at some point you kind of felt that you want to go more into traditional, uh, discovering traditional Berber and North African dances. Uh, but what exactly, have you ever thought, like, what exactly pushed you? Was it a connection to, to your roots or the dance? Like, wh why? Because you were very active in uh, other dance styles. You were active in fusing them. And then uh, suddenly you go, you want to go, like, really deep into the roots. What was the your personal uh, motivation to do it? Yes, exactly. You, you, you sum up very well because I did it, like, in the other way <laughs> you start with the roots and after you go to fusion me i took a hip-hop fusion and then traditional i think i realized that finally these dances are really not uh, represented in uh, the stage um, through festivals so i saw that uh, some festivals started to open folklore category so in French, we don't really like the term folklore because it's quite pejorative. It's like uh, people dancing in hotels for tourists. We call it folklore. Uh, we prefer like popular or traditional dances in French, in my group, I mean. And uh, really, I didn't realize 
previously, uh, before starting, I mean, doing competitions like in belly dance world that uh, all dances, I mean, North African dances, were so badly uh, new, uh, known, sorry. So, for example, if I take the example of tribal dance, ATS and uh, tribal, a lot of dancers, they don't know that these dance are really, really inspired by Af North African dances. From Berber, we see some Algerian, some Moroccan roots. When I see this dance that are really like, okay, I can see it. But some of the dancers even didn't know that. They, they discovered that. So I really wanted to, to do like on an education way, to split everything on the... Don't say we have Arab dances or Berber dances. That doesn't mean anything. That's like us or community. They call it, like, they call us in France uh, the Arabs. But uh, I'm not really Arab. Arab is uh, from uh, Saudian people. Uh, we are originally Berber. We have Berber roots, and we are Moroccan, Algerian, or Tunisian. So uh, I really focused first on Morocco. And I wanted to split every area and to explain every style. So I, I started to enter, especially with the uh, regeda, that is uh, really my uh, preferred style because I'm from this area, Ujda, uh, where we practice a lot regeda. It's a warrior dance practiced by men. Um, so where you show that you really, um, you really want to to defend your. Uh, your roots, your land, and your tribe. It's really, for me, the meaning of tribal dance. This is it. And you can have a knife. You, so this is like really war. But now, hopefully, it's, it's a happy dance. So uh, the first time I entered in a competition, it was in Leila Jovanas one, um, uh, I think 2012, with uh, another uh, great dancer called Esmi. So we entered in duet, Regeda. Uh, and uh, I remember uh, the judges even said, what is this dance? So I was quite surprised. And we won. We won. And I was like, I was just joking, uh, laughing, because I said, no, it's my grandmother and grandfather dance. It's, it, it cannot win a so big festival in Germany, the biggest one of the biggest one in Europe. And uh, I realized that it, it was very important. I started to, to spread this work to make people know our culture. Talking about uh, dance uh, and specifically belly dance community, uh, which you kind of mentioned already one of the styles, but which other styles from Berber and North African culture you feel they're under, uh, they don't get enough attention from belly dancers. They don't realize how much uh, interesting and potential stuff uh, can be in there. If you're talking from like belly dance perspective, like because you work with this community very closely now too. Yes, I don't have the pretension really to to uh, give any advice uh, according to the belly dance community that I respect a lot because. They really put me uh, on stage, and I really appreciate it. Uh, but I really uh, trace out that it's really on fusion that I'm uh, involved and traditional North African dances. What I could say is that uh, in Egypt, there is not only the uh, classical, the Sharki uh, belly dance style. 
there are other uh, Berber uh, routes because the, the, the Berber land was from Morocco to Libya. So there are a lot of links between uh, Egypt and Libya, Egypt and Tunisia, uh, style of dances that maybe are going to die, uh, that are not really well known. But we have to be very careful because um, this is not that easy to learn them. Usually, um, we learn this kind of dances through our families. So there is like a natural transmission. There is no classes, no school. And uh, this is the most difficult. That's why um, I think uh, in belly dance world, girls are already focused in one style. That's uh, already very, very a lot of work. So maybe if they want to, to do folklore, uh, Egyptian folklore, they have to be more um, focused on the history of Egyptian folklore and uh, the neighbors like uh, uh, Tunisia and Libya because they can have a lot of information and find some links between some steps or some meanings of so, some symbols. I mean, for example, when you do folklore style, you really have to be like in the folklore mood, the groove. There is something that is totally different from belly dance mm. uh, attitude. I would say. Uh, I just had an interesting question on my mind because you mentioned about uh, many connections between uh, through Berber culture between Egypt and other countries. While you were exploring all traditional dances of North Africa, did you recognize or discovered, I would say, more discovered any surprising connections between traditional dances outside of Egypt? And belly dance, the way we see today belly dance. Yes, indeed, because belly dance really evolved. And I see that it's still evolving nowadays. We can see, for example, uh, in China, in Brazil, that some of girls uh, took it really personally and uh, pushed up. I see sometimes like, uh, uh, how to say, some... Uh, chats and people, no, I disagree, no, I agree, no, I'm purist, etc. So it's very interesting. But the roots uh, really of belly dance are really bad. I mean, for example, in the old ages, the women in North Africa, including Egypt, were used to put uh, two pieces costume. This is really not something that we can do in our community. So that was really put on stage with uh, um, people during colonization to put girls on stage uh, and uh, to create this uh, like artistic uh, cinematography and uh, uh, big shows that we know in Egypt. But previously, they were like uh, putting uh, uh, long pieces of costumes and dancing more like the, the, the actual Tunisian or Libyan way. So um, really, uh, I think that it would be very interesting to go very, really, really deep previously than uh, what we know today from belly dance. Mm. So there is indeed a connection with Berber roots. I also just realized that uh, when uh, dancers from Middle East and North Africa start being exposed to um not even exposed, but uh, had connections through European travelers or European communities. Like those dances where they were often from such reasons as uh, Algeria. Uh, they traveled, first of all, to those expositions all around the world. Uh, 
Uh, and their dances later were described and evolved as dance du ventre, or belly dance, like we know it later. So um, I guess it was coming, of course, from not only from Egypt, because a lot, even we know a lot of historical facts, then whenever it was uh, expositions in America, it was like Egyptian pavilion, but then we discovered it was Algerian dancers in those pavilions dancing. Yes, indeed, because um, as uh, you know, so there was the French colonization in Algeria. And uh, with my dance group, so Kifki Lady, we became like activists to show the real history. Because the problem when the, a, a country has been colonized is that we have some lot of uh, books, of uh, videos, uh, of uh, information that have been like um, on a European occidental uh, point of view. So some of information are real, some are not. Uh, so for example, I can quote the uh, great artist, Algerian artist, uh, who is living in uh, the US now, Amel Tafsut, who is doing a great world about Algerian dances. And there is a style called Ouled Nile. Uh, yes, so I think you, you know it, but it's very, very beautiful with women dancing, with a lot of jewelry, a lot of meanings. And there are some videos with the dancers with a cigarette. Okay, so typically uh, Algerian or Moroccan more women, of course, in the 50s, in the 60s, they were not used to, 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 to smoke or uh, to smoke in a public place, I mean. So this is like shocking for us. We know that it's not the real behavior, but some uh, French people, they film that. And some people who are not originally from the culture, they, they, they thought that it was from uh, the original Algerian dance. Mm. It is not. So it's good that dancers are going in the country, but they have to be careful with the information. So... Um, that's it. I mean, when you see a dancer who said, I'm, I took this from this country or this country, okay, we have to be careful. How did you get the information? From who did, did you learn? Um, do, you, do you know really the difference between different uh, cities also or villages in your own country? So this is very important. And I think that uh, it can create a lot of misunderstandings in the, in the culture. I guess it's a good reminder also to filter how exactly those moments were captured because uh, there is also the human factor that sometimes uh, we want to impress each other and then we put and come up with either stories or looks or especially in those times, I guess, it was... Um, uh, we don't know the reasons how and circumstances like how and why those moments were captured so it's a great reminder and uh, you also mentioned about your uh, group so when and why did that come into your uh, dance activity <laughs> yes so um first group I really uh, co-created was uh, Tribu Shukshuka so it was in 2012 when we won this uh, Leila Giovanna's big festival with ESMI. We said, okay, uh, we have to create a group because the traditional dances cannot be done by one person or two. We have to be at least eight. So uh, we didn't know a lot of dancers, traditional. I didn't even know any dancers except her. So we did like an audition. And I was like, 
okay, we'll be we'll have at least half of girls coming from the same countries than mine, and uh, they will give also their own history. But in fact, no, we had a lot of belly dancers, like I think ninety percent coming from belly dance, mm. and uh, not uh, Berber or Arab, most French, uh, Italian who are living in in Paris, and. I have to be honest, and I we told her, um, we told them it was really bad for the audition. <laughs> they were too pretty, too you know, uh, like many dancers. They were really good, but us, we wanted like warriors. We wanted girls who have like can show uh, uh, strength and power and uh, how I, I say in Arabic is like arbia. Uh, uh, that means <laughs> really, really tough. And uh, we said, okay, we are going to to practice one year, no show, nothing. We just practice. We practice shoulders, we practice feet, and after we'll be able to go on stage or uh, to do weddings, etc. So this was uh, the first group, it, but it was more to give a lot of information to uh, to train these girls, and we did few shows. Um, so it was from 2012 uh, to 2016. And after uh, we uh, we split because uh, we had different uh, uh, ways to to think, and Esme had to leave Paris. So I decided to create my own vision that was Kif Kif Bledi in 2016. So Kif Kif Bledi uh, has uh, the goal to split every different kind of dances through every countries and to educate people. And to be activists. So naturally, uh, when I started to to, to show this uh, this project, and I really renamed my stage name to Raisa Lay, uh, some dancers came naturally. So that means that now we are eight, and uh, we have uh, Moroccan uh, people, Algerian, Tunisian, uh, one girl from Lebanon, and we have uh, one from Poland, and we had uh, one from Senegal previously. So it is not, I don't want it to be really um, closed in the community like we are together and we only dance with Arab people. This is really not that. So we have Carolina, for example, who came a lot of times with, with me in Morocco, in my family. So it's not only, it's not only let's go to take class. It's really, uh, let's go to a wedding in the, in the campaign and you, you will see in the lands, uh, you will see the real, uh, and you eat with your hands and with all, all of this to feel this. So now she really understands. So, uh, naturally, this, this was, this was my dream. In fact, uh, this group, uh, they are all really involved and everybody gave, uh, a piece of history. When they go back to their country, they put the costumes for everybody. So this is very, very fine. And uh, we go further. And I have another great chance is that half of them are practicing hip hop also, and uh, some of them working. So we can work also the fusion uh, as a group. This is the, the big project for next year, in fact. Uh, I was just about to ask if you focus on only traditional uh, dances or you are also fusing with your group, but you already answered. Ah, I'm looking forward to seeing you. Yes. <laughs> this is a scoop. <laughs> well, in fact, we started like to be reached uh, in Paris, you know, the the Arab culture. Uh, this is very strange in France because, for example, yesterday 
I was reading. I, I just wanted to, to to buy a magazine. In fact, uh, very uh, from health, something like that. And I see I saw three big magazines only talking about religion, about how uh, Muslim people are uh, very dangerous. And I was just like, oh, I feel so shocked. And uh, this is very strange because on one way in the media, as in France, they show only uh, people, Arabic people, Muslim people on the bad way. And when you see the uh, the, the artists, the stage, uh, all the, you can have the show, the cinema in France, uh, this is very developed. In fact, uh, we we are uh, um, performing in a lot of uh, uh, electro Arabic uh, like parties, and there are a lot of artists. So uh, the reality is here. In fact, when you see the artists that are really involved in French society, in French community, so this is also the aim about Kif Kif Bledi to show that uh, we have a culture, we have a double culture. Uh, in France and North Africa, and we can do a lot of things to to explain our history because we didn't have that uh, in school, we didn't have that in uh, institutions. We are underrepresented here in France, and this is very uh, this is a big problem because I think that uh, education and culture is the key to uh, to be really uh, represented and involved in a society. Mm. I had a little experience of living uh, in different countries and visiting different countries and talking to immigrants in different countries. And it's interesting to see how in some countries people, whenever, especially whenever it's already first generation of being born there, they kind of disconnect from their parents' origins and they just say, oh, I'm like, uh, let's say, Brazilian or I'm Canadian or I'm American. And in some countries, they still preserve like, oh, I'm... Um, let's say Moroccan Canadian so they have those double <laughs> double things how is it going in France and how was it specifically for you did you always associate it like your first Moroccan and French or how, I'm just curious because it it gives uh, such a interesting also perspective on uh how dance even uh shape because you had very unique story that you interesting story that you kind of came from from different ends to your <laughs> to your original uh to to the dances from like your moroccan origins so how how was that uh, in terms of uh just like everyday uh presentation or like uh feeling for you when mm. you were growing up it's quite, to be honest, difficult because uh, some people sometimes in Europe want you to do a choice. Like in France, there were a lot of debates like uh, with people uh, on uh, TV uh, uh, saying, no, if you are, are born in France, you have to, to have a French name and you have to reject all your origins. So, you know, it's about uh, this kind of like political way. But uh, usually people uh, say uh, that they have double culture, like, for example, they are born in France and they are original, uh, originally from uh, Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, or even uh, Turkish, uh, Polish and Spanish. We have a lot of immigrants in France. Um, me, for example, I have a double nationality. So uh, I'm really a citizen in, in both countries. But... It depends on the day. For example, if you have like, uh, let's say, um, 
a job like uh, uh, in a office, for example, in an office. Everybody in a big company, uh, everybody to, wants to be like uh, not talking about uh, origins, about politics, about money. Uh, so uh, they just see. It depends on the on the on the on the work, but uh, usually they, they just want to see your CV and uh, if you are good or not. In other works, they see where you are coming from when you leave. For example, if you live in the suburbs where there are a lot of uh, people from Maghreb, they don't like it, so they won't they won't uh, employ you. So some of people has to hide a little bit of this sometimes. But for example, uh, in the weekend they have the wedding of their uh, cousin. I don't know, and uh, they can dance and they can wear kaftan. So we are like uh, how to say um, we we have to switch each time to switch according to the situation. For me, it took me really a lot of time to accept this uh, double culture and to promote it because I evolved in so many different uh, uh, ways because I had also a diploma of uh, I'm science and uh, mathematics engineer. So I work uh, in big company and uh, I know it's not that easy. You, you cannot come and say, hello, I'm Moroccan and uh, this and this. You just have to prove that you have the skills. And in France, it can be difficult. And the other uh, very important thing is that we are not represented, as I said, um, in a lot of uh, domains. In culture, for example, in theaters, I never saw a big show in a theater from North Africa in Paris. It is quite interesting because I, can, I have been to see like Ukraine people dancers from the ballet from Ukraine from Russia from Thailand from China. I I, I always have been in this big show and say, wow, uh, maybe one day there will be one Moroccan show in this stage. But I never saw that. So this is also this when you are from culture in France. Uh, I think we are more than three millions. Uh, migrants or kids of migrants from North Africa, especially from Morocco, Algeria, and Tunisia. This is a lot of people, and 60 million people in France. And there are also uh, um, there are still some lack of representation. And when you have a lack of representation, you cannot be proud because you don't know how to to refer. Uh, you don't know. Um, you don't have anything to be proud of, in fact. If you see something uh, like an artist or something, you say, ah, oh, I'm from the same country, see how it's beautiful. But when you see these media showing only bad people, you cannot see, ah, oh, look, I don't know, finally, I'm not from this country. So it's quite difficult nowadays. That's why Kif Kif Lady is very like an activist group now. Mm. And how much are you involved with a group uh, inside France, or is it mostly for your group uh, international activities? Uh, it's uh, international, and we are very happy of that. And uh, we are very happy because we didn't do like big promotion, in fact. So we didn't send a lot of requests in festivals like, hey, we are Kif Kif Lady, can you invite us? No, in fact, people contacted us naturally. I think because they didn't find uh, any group like that. It's so, uh, some people said we are authentic. Uh, we are real because uh, first we know really good the culture. We know the 
problems, we know the issues, we know the struggles, and uh, we are really uh, from different countries. Sometimes you can find, for example, in France, a lot of Kabyl, uh, so Berber from Algeria uh, groups that only do one area. Us, we can do like 20 different dances that really not, uh, okay, we are going this, uh, no, really working deeply them, knowing the history, the steps, and learning really deeply. If we don't deeply know it, we don't perform it. I prefer to say, no, I don't do this style. Instead of, okay, okay, let's, uh, no, it's okay, no problem, in one, in one month and uh, uh, doing th- something very bad. So we really, uh, really uh, are professional on this. And I think that people saw that and they invited us, for example, in Belgium, in uh, Russia, in uh, Morocco. <laughs> Uh, I performed also in uh, for workshops in India, so uh, I'm going soon for a conference in London. So we are, we are very proud, in fact, that people uh, are contacting us for an international uh, uh, spread of our work. That means that they are really interesting up on what we do, and this is also a way to say to friends, "Hey, look." There are other countries who are interested in, but we have a lot also of shows in France. So you ha- you are involved also in France too? Yes, indeed, especially in Paris. And it can be everything. So uh, parties, uh, weddings, we do weddings, we do shows. And this is very important for us to be uh, really as traditional or as uh, festivals to have uh, all links, to have the traditional way and the modern way also. Mm. Can you throw some uh, dance styles that your group uh, uh, is uh, performing with now, you're doing, and maybe connecting to countries so that dancers may discover some new names and like get their uh, curiosity? Oh, what's that? I want to know yeah. more. <laughs> with pleasure. And after they can contact us and have a look uh, with pleasure. So we'll start with uh, Morocco. I'm, I'm going maybe to start from west to east. So in Morocco, like near Tangier, we have the Jbelia style with the big hat and very involved, uh, uh, really, um, yes, like Andalusian style. So coming from Spain and uh, we have some influences. Yes. Uh, in South uh, West, we have Schlech. So Schlech is a really Berber style. I think that is more represented, you see, with the big jewelries, like the the hair, uh, the the head brand with uh, all the jewelry, so beautiful women, and uh, really uh, dancing with shoulders, with little steps of sh- shoulders, going uh, on the vertical uh, step uh, movement. And all of uh, this kind of Berber dances are tribe dances with a lot of people like at least 20 people. It can be only women, only men, or mixed in lines or circles. We have the Hidus. Hidus is really known in center of Morocco, but we have a Hidus style also in uh, my area in the uh, east of Morocco that is danced generally with bendir. So bendir is uh, uh, yes, an instrument, and they are singing and dancing. What we have to, to say also, very important, is that songs, music, and dance are together. Generally, we don't split them. We we have to work everything, so we have to know the music. Also, is very important with the codes. Uh, in Morocco, also we practice, of of course, the shabby. But I I'm really careful on the difference between shikhet style. So there is the original shikhet, 
uh, Zayan style, which is more uh, like uh, Berber from the mountains. Uh, and I think that it's the most known style internationally, uh, especially in the east of Europe, in uh, Ukraine and, and uh, Russia. And they call it shabby. But for me, it's a problem because uh, this, when you, you, you dance with hips and uh, you put like... Uh, a scarf uh, on, uh, on 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 your hips and uh, and uh, under <laughs> and under. Um, it's not well seen in all uh, families. We don't dance like that in families. The shabby, the family style, is not like this because uh, first the the shihet usually they are like alone, one, two, or three dancing alone. But uh, shabby is really the dance you find in every cities in Morocco, and you cannot dance like that uh, in in front of your your father, your uncle. So there is another style of shabby uh, family uh, style that is uh, more traditional. So you only dance with hands, uh, with your shoulders, with your feet, but we, you don't use that much the hips. So that's why I, dis I dissociate the two in, uh, in Kif Kif Bledi, the Shihet style and the sh traditional Shehabi style. That is more general. And uh, also, of course, the Regeda has so different names and is very linked to Alawi uh, from Algeria because before uh, French colonization, there were no bounds. So uh, my uh, city is uh, 10 kilometers from the border from Algeria. So that means that I, I talk more like uh, with an Algerian accent than uh, other Moroccans. So I'm really uh, also involved in uh, Algerian culture. And uh, this is, uh, yes, really a man dance, a war dance. So you see that even in Morocco, you can, for example, you cannot say, oh, I practice Moroccan dance. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything because uh, I didn't uh, quote also the south, very south near Sahara of Morocco, where we dance Gidra, the women uh, dance Gidra, like Gnawa style. So this is more sub-Saharian uh, um, style. And you see, I already quoted like maybe five styles that are totally different. The costumes are different. The music is very, very different. The instruments uh the the steps are different so you you have to be careful don't say athletics moroccan dance maybe you can say moroccan dances but you have to be very precise and if you mix the two styles you have to precise it also in videos or workshops or even and oh, then if you go to uh, algeria and tunisia and algeria also we have different styles like what we call city dances like Tlemceni, algeria Constantinois styles that are very beautiful, uh, also on Andalusian uh, inspiration, uh, very beautiful women styles. So this is women dances. You have Kabyle style with the hips, very specific one. Uh, you have uh, yes, uh, uh, also styles from Sahara, from South. And uh, in Tunisia also, you have uh, city dances and island dances, the ones that are most known, I think, because they were practiced for tourists a lot in Tunisia. They did it for a long time. And uh, the Tunisian style, we hopefully had uh, two and then one dancer in the group. 
uh, we learn with them is very, very different from Morocco and Algerian style. Morocco and Algerian, we are like from the mountains, from the lands. We really dance deep in the floor. Tunisian, they are dancing like um, on demi-point with the hips, we're very powerful hips. Me, I'm more focused on shoulders. And this, this, this is a great work to practice all these dances because they are really different and you can find, you can work everything from uh, every, every, everything for your body. And uh, we have also Mauritanian style, uh, like more Saharan. And we also focus on Middle East, some dances from Middle East because we have a Lebanese uh, dancer in our group. So we practice Dabke from uh, Lebanon, from Syria. Um, Hakim, who is Moroccan, has very, very good knowledge from Iraqi Khaliji styles from Gulf. And also uh, Roman Havazi from Tur Turkish style. He's really, really good on that and uh, uh, really appreciate to have him uh, in, the, in the group for one year now because he really completed like this uh, area. Mm -hmm. Wow. We, <laughs> we do conference and when we do conference for one hour, we are just like, okay, style one, style two, style three, like maybe 50 kind of dances and there are more. Wow. I just discovered so many names for myself. <laughs> I'm going to look uh, deeper into that. That's, uh, uh, that's awesome. What is the most... Um... It's a double question, which, uh, because whenever you're invited for dance conferences, usually dancers, they request some, oh, we want to focus on that dance. So mm -hmm. which dance is the most requested and which dance you wish were more requested by <laughs> dance festival organizers? Uh, for sure, I would say that people love a lot Regada. They love Regada because uh, it's so powerful and uh, we use shoulders and uh, really the music is like you want to to dance in fact you cannot stay and just watch so we are really requested of this globally on Moroccan styles like Schleur, uh, Shabi um, and also Kabil style and the uh, style from Algiers is uh, quite requested and uh, more globally Tunisian because Tunisian they have some styles that are quite similar uh, but we have very rare uh, style like Nech uh, that is practiced by Tuareg and the hint from the group is a Tuareg girl. So we have very rare uh, style, but uh, usually we propose everything and people just pick up, but they want the more global style. So I would say that the, this is the, this kind of, uh, of style that are asked and usually one or two style by, by country. Mm. Yeah. And what are the most common uh, misinterpretations that you see on uh, stages performing dancers who perform North African dances? You one already sort of kind of mentioned about she had the costume and the dance style, etc. Because there are a lot of uh, mis. Um, misinformation about that, I kind of feel. But in general, from your opinion, what are the most common mis not mistakes even, but like literally misinterpretations of dances? Oh, so this is very difficult because um, for us, we, we say that we have knowledge, but um, we are very precocious with that because even we... If, 
living in Europe and uh, we, we, we learned from our families, but it's not enough. Uh, if I wanted to say I really uh, have uh, the knowledge of one style, I have to, to live there and to live uh, the, 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 the every day's life because the dance is not like a work or job in North Africa. It's, the, it's a way of life. We don't dance for a public. We dance because there is a reason to dance. For example, in my tribe, there is a very, very rare style called Hidus from Skera. My tribe is Skera. They told me, if you bring some tourists, we won't dance for them. We have to dance for any reason. So if there is a wedding, if there is like a, 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 a party in the, in the village, that's all. So there are some tourists. And uh, we say that even us in Kivkivbledi, we are not original uh we don't say we practice traditional dances. We, we say we practice alternative traditional dances to really not upset anybody. So when I say, when I see uh, other people trying to, to, to dance these dances, I'm very happy. But they are both misunderstandings and mistakes. And it's very difficult for us to correct people because when I see some things, I cannot just... Uh, do like I didn't see it. I have to write to people, but I don't want to upset people because I know that they are really interested in our cultures and we are open for that. We are really happy, especially people from North Africa. They are very proud, but it's difficult to correct somebody uh, through the internet and not uh, often not upset uh, when they worked. And I would, st I would st uh, say that the most mistakes are in the costumes uh, very often in the musics and in about the names. They don't use the real name. And I say it first of all, if you do any fusion, put the name fusion or, uh, or adaptation or uh, inspiration. Um, we saw a lot of belly dance, uh, Egyptian Sharki style in some uh, traditional uh, steps. For example, maybe they... Uh, managed to pick up some real steps, but for the transitions, they didn't know, uh, didn't have enough information, so they put belly dance steps. I saw a lot of that. Uh, Rgeda. The Rgeda, uh, if you don't take like a real deep workshop, like uh, the one I give, for example, to understand the counts, to understand the music, we will say directly that you do, you didn't know the real Gada. Are we with real dancers in Morocco or Alawi in Algeria? Because there are rules. There are rules in the dance, and if you don't respect that, uh, you have to put like interpretation, interpretation, or, or as I already said, uh, evolution. Or I don't know, but not the, the the real one. So I'm sorry to say that, but I think that I never really saw. Uh, real original in, I mean, videos or on stage um, style with people who are not originally from the country. Difficult. I mean, uh, it's it's not like to, to to criticize, but it's very difficult to 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 be an expert on these styles. Even us, we say that we still have to work. We still have. We organize every day, every sorry, every year. Uh, uh, like trips to go back to Morocco, to Algeria, originally from these countries, we all go there again to share, to learn. We always learn, learn, learn. And what 
is a shame, I think, is that some people are learning on YouTube. I can understand it's expensive to 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 spend money to take a flight or something, but it's very important to go to the countries, to these countries, to learn because uh, people will understand. You cannot learn uh, choreography from YouTube. For example, us we did some choreographies just to for festival because uh, people asked us, and uh, this is not the traditional way, but we like to modernize it. And some people took directly all choreographies with same music same steps and uh, they, they distorted the steps so this is good very good to to be like an influencer to but people have have to understand that uh, traditional dances cannot be copied like this they have to be learned with people with real people and i don't have the pretension to say that i am a real people real people are in these countries and this is very in, in, important to go to see them because uh, they are not living from this. Uh, usually, we really we did like we are doing a documentary now uh, about some dancers, some troops, and some of old people who have the lo- the knowledge say, we don't ha- we don't want to transmit to our kids because they won't be able to live from that. We have no uh, no salary. We just work during summers for weddings. This is not a life. So. When I see that, and I see other people like giving workshops in Europe, and uh, living a lot of uh, earning a, a lot of money without going to retribute something to these real people, I really feel sad. I really feel sad. So I think this is really important to go there and to respect them and to make something to help them in both ways for the people who really are interesting. Uh, interested in this ties to to have deep information and for these people to they will share for sure they are really really generous uh but to retrieve something to pay them to help uh, them to put their kids in uh, school something so obvious that that that's very important so you see how how much all dances are involved in social dance in society this is very important and when uh, I see mistakes. Everything is melting in my mind and my heart, and this is quite difficult. This is why I try to stay very, uh, like, uh, on a on, on a cool way when I give some advice. Advice, but uh, it it happened that I wrote to somebody to say, "Be careful, please. Uh, where did you learn? Or uh, how did you came to this? Did you travel, etc." It's very important. Hmm. By the way, do you give online, um, I don't know, coaching or classes for dancers? Because it's very difficult. Sometimes we learn something, we we feel we rely on it, or we come up with something based on our like previous research or knowledge, but we're never really sure. And uh, uh, as you said, you sometimes reach out whenever you see mistakes. But if someone is reaching out to you, do you have any kind of uh, form of mentoring dancers in this case? Well, I have already been asked several times if I give online online classes. And to be honest, I say that I don't feel uh, ready for now. I don't feel ready because I have to feel um, the the transmission like I I had, in fact. That means feeling the people uh, 
we practice tribe dances, berber dances, where people are shoulders to shoulders. So this is not an indiv- individual dance. I have to feel people. I have to feel the group. But uh, I understand when you live in a, a very far country that you are really, really uh, involved and you want to learn and you have no other way than uh, online videos. So I want more to take time to uh, think about uh, something or a format that will fit to my uh, uh, mind to uh, really uh, how I want to, to 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 teach and to share uh, to include people from uh, Morocco, uh, Algeria, and Tunisia maybe after, and uh, to make the students be happy of that. So I just take my time to think about that and see uh, again and again how I can give a retribution to the real original people living and struggling uh, in the country. So I think it will come, but it will maybe a Kif Kif Blazy uh, format. I don't know. But for now, we don't propose it. But I'm sure it will come because I'm not really uh, totally close to that uh, kind of transmission. But it's really if people have no choice. If we organize something, or even in Paris, it's uh, much easier to come in Paris. I would say, no, see, we have an event. Uh, you can come in Paris. It will be easier. And after, um, when I know the people, it will be easier to communicate with them after. If I never meet, met these people, uh, that will be more difficult. But we, we want to, to, to explore uh, every, every format and uh, every way to transmit, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's uh, that's a valid point too, especially since most of the dances, they are based on the group dances. Like a lot of dancers may do later solo interpretations, but the roots, the origins, they are, um, they are in the very specific way of dancing uh, those styles. And uh, by the way, what, uh, what are your plans and what is your future vision for your group? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a lot of plans. We... It's like I was first the only one, like a lot of ideas, like, and I said, oh, people will be uh, like, say, uh, she's crazy, we are like tired. But in fact, they became worse than me. <laughs> they said, hey, hey, we have this, and we are communicating every hour on WhatsApp, and uh, hey, hey, we have a lot of ideas. So, first of all, for sure, traditional dances will continue to promote them, to perform, to give workshops uh, the best we can. We'll continue to learn and to create gaps between uh, France, Europe, and North Africa. This is very, very important from them, for, for us. I'm president of an association, so I'm doing uh, some work uh, on that, starting in Morocco. We already traveled to Morocco, and after uh, we are going to Tunisia, uh, I hope, next year in Algeria. And uh, within the group, so uh, still continuing to work, and we are working on the one-hour piece. So we, we already did a one-hour piece called Les Figues de Berberi, that was very traditional, very pure one, to show the different uh, Amazir styles. So Amazir is uh, Berber, uh, in Berber uh, language. And the second piece will be fusion. So we are working on it 
like, like uh, for next year for a uh, fusion of uh, Berber and the North African dances and the uh, hip hop, walking and voguing and jazz. Um, also, we have a lot of plans to organize events. So first in Paris, um, with maybe people coming from North Africa, we still don't know, we try. It's difficult because they need visa and it's very difficult to, to give visa. Uh, so we have, uh, we start to have uh, good, uh, uh, sponsors. Maybe we are working on that. And, uh, the events can be, uh, parties, can be festivals. So we hope to organize a festival also, but we hope it will work. And, uh, for sure, we keep you, we will keep you updated of <laughs> that. So you see a lot of things. Me, my really, really deep goal will be to perform my group or even another one from North Africa. It will be still, it will be better in a theater, in a big theater in Paris. This is really, really my goal. When I will achieve that, I will be like, oh my God, this is great. Because as I said previously, um, we are not represented enough. And I just don't want only us to be represented in uh, Arabic uh, uh, structures like uh, social structures or institutions that only focused on Arab uh, uh, world. I want to us to perform in other ones. And it happened. That's why I'm quite uh, working in a positive mood. I think we have to keep it. But I think whatever you do in, in, in your life, if you show that you are professional, even if it's very new or... Uh, or something that already already have have been done, but not that professional. If you are really professional, people will like it. And if you have creativity and you know how to present it, if you are real, you are authentic. People will like it. So this is what I feel uh, in this uh, project, and this is our mindset. So I'm sure that uh, with the, the, this uh, lot of projects, maybe one or two will will. Uh, will happen at least mm, well i wish you good luck uh, with all these projects that i'm sure they all will come true one day and uh, you'll see them in real world not only in your mind for now but they all sounds very exciting and uh really looking forward to to see it and uh can you please let uh, our listeners know where should they keep uh, an eye for updates <laughs> what is your favorite social media or website or channel how how people can find all news <laughs> yes sure so uh, concerning a group of more generally both both so first our group you will find lot of information because we love the medias we are both in traditional but we are really geeks we love internet so you can find us on youtube on instagram on facebook we have a website so everything you can just type kif kif bloody our troop Kif Kif Bloody, and uh, you will find all our adventures and really, really like to laugh. So you will find also funny stories on Instagram of, uh, for example, uh, Hakim, who is uh, from Sahara, who is just walking with his costume in Paris, like trying to find anything to, to, to drink. <laughs> so we, we melt everything and we put information also of uh, what is happening in Paris, in Europe, 
about festivals, about news uh, concerning the, the, the Arab and Berber culture. Um, after, in fact, I think YouTube, because we are like, how to say, um, I feel people uh, in North Africa are still on YouTube, you see, still focused on YouTube and WhatsApp, as people now are all more in Instagram. So, for example, we, had, we have a lot of followers, like uh, maybe near uh, 20K in, in, in YouTube and more, less, less, really less in Facebook and, and Instagram because there are people from North Africa following us. So this is so funny. And uh, generally, I find a lot of information about traditional dances uh, in YouTube. Sometimes the titles are uh, written in Arabic, but... Uh, now, if you open a video, you have some suggestions. So you have really deep uh, information of people dancing in these countries. Uh, if you uh, are looking for festivals, what we call Musem or Wahda, uh, they are like local festivals, really traditional ones with no tourists, really between the population. So this is where we can find the deep information. Uh, what is a pity is that uh, we tried to find articles and books uh, about dances. You cannot find a lot uh, because, uh, as I said, uh, the transmission was has been done for the dance and uh, the songs and uh, poems uh, orally. So we, we, we transmit generation by generation and we didn't write. And sometimes people didn't even know how to write in Arabic or French. So you don't find a lot of books. You only find books from a lot of books in uh, for Al Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia from French people during colonization. So as I said, be very careful. When they are like um, from uh, politics or military or something like that, you can read that they don't talk sometimes very clearly about us. If they are coming from uh, people who did researches, like uh, ethnologists, musicians, this is, uh, I would say, cleaner about information. Yeah. So you can find, I uh, think, some books written in French and English. And, is there um, any book on your mind that you can recommend to start with, uh, someone who is new to this topic? Really new. There is one good book called uh, Les Danses du Maghreb. In uh, in French, uh, I'm going to tell you it's Vivienne um, Vivienne Lièvre. So Danse du Maghreb, but for example, she really uh, splits the dances for each country with like one page and half of information. But I didn't find the regatta. I felt upset. I said, "What Morocco?" Where is Urgada? So, uh, yeah, so some styles are missing. But it's it's a very good uh, book with uh, pictures. Uh, also uh, about uh, information, uh, Amel Tafsut is a very, very good researcher, uh, researcher from uh, the U.S. with a lot of information. And I think she she wrote a lot of, some of articles. Uh, you can find in English uh, on uh, on the internet. There are more and more in France uh, women writing articles also, but it's in French. Uh, there is, I can quote, uh, uh, Miriam Gelouz, uh, there is uh, Soya, Soraya Bou, uh, Boukash who are writing uh, 
like articles and uh, doing uh, works. So um, yes, you can find both in uh, in books and the uh, internet, but uh, very very be careful with the books. Uh, that have been written uh, between the 30s and the 60s, okay. so uh, uh, so during colonization uh, when French were there. <laughs> well, that's a great uh, tip, and uh, I'll try to put as many links in the show notes as possible, trying to find uh, some um, references and resources. So, so for all our listeners, it's easier to to find them too. Uh, but in any case, links to your social media and uh, links to social media of your group will be there too. So, everyone who is listening now, if you want to hear more from our today's amazing guest and see <laughs> see her beautiful dances as well as activities of her group, just click there and you can easily find it. And uh, before I ask our final uh, signature question of the podcast, I just also want to once again to thank you for your time and for sharing uh, your knowledge and experience with us. And I'm pretty sure you at least intrigued um, mm-hmm. so many dancers now to go and research more on all those dance styles that you mentioned. But I'm sure most of them are actually not only intrigued, they're super excited now. Like, I'm about to finish this podcast and Google right away. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for, for being with us today. <laughs> thank you so much for the invitation. Really, really, it's a great pleasure for me, for us, for all the community because this is what we want. We want to, to, to show only our culture and to make it uh, being known and spread uh, as it has been for, for decades, for centuries, in fact. So that's great to put it into a podcast. And I'm really sure my ancestors will be very happy of that. Oh. <laughs> yes, thank you again for your great oh, work. My <laughs> pleasure, my pleasure. Uh, and I always close every episode. We have our signature question of the podcast. It's uh, uh, it's about ballet dance, but I will adapt it a little bit. I mean, you're actually free to interpret it as, uh, as you want. But the question is, what makes you fall in love with... Uh, traditional dances of North Africa again and again. So you keep doing it for so many years. Oh, I mean, I really kept uh, focused and hypnotized by this test because I always discovered something different, something new. And how I said, we do choreography, but in fact, this is spontaneous dances. If you go to these countries and you really see the real manner, the real way to dance them, you will never see the same show again twice. So even if I do a choreography, I will introduce something. And in our choreography, we don't have uh, 100% choreography. We always have like what we say, freestyle and the free moment, uh, because that means that we are in the real original way, the real original way is to be spontaneous and to to really connect the tribe together. So this is really, for me, what makes me keep this uh, mind and this passion about these dances. And uh, also that uh, we still have work, in fact, to, to, to show and to share. And this is, uh, this is it. We really share with the public, we share with the audience, we share with the families. Uh, with the grandmother, sometimes they, they, they came from the audience and said, oh, thank you. I, I felt my wedding again, like uh, my family. And this is very important, this connection, this uh, social dances con- connection. 
um, makes me loving it and never, never uh, being uh, fed up of, of it. So really, this is the mindset. Thank you for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if so, do you know the best way to support this project is to share it with your friends. It takes few seconds, costs you nothing, but it helps a lot to move this project forward and help me to bring more awesome guests on the podcast in the future. You can tell your friend, you can send a message, email, you can screenshot and put a, a post on social media, whatever works better for you. But if every one of you will share this episode at least with one more person, it will make a huge difference for this podcast. Thank you for spending your time with us, for your support and love. And until next time, keep shimming, keep dancing, and I will see you soon.